Welcome to Startup Stereo, the German Accelerator podcast with and for founders, innovators, and change makers. Plug into expert tips, experiences, and best practices around scaling, leadership, new work, and much more. My name is Katrin Grunwald. I'm a coach, mentor, and founder of the Globe Team, a consultancy for team and organizational development. I'm happy to be your host for Startup Stereo, a podcast powered by German Accelerator. German Accelerator empowers high-potential German startups to scale globally. In today's episode, we talk about how alumni from the German Accelerator Life Sciences program are involved in the tackling of COVID-19. Daniel Mark is the co-founder and CEO of Spindiac, a diagnostics company involved in rapid testing for coronavirus infections. Oliver Oke is the head of business operations at Lipotype, a company providing lipid analysis services. They are certified to analyze samples infected with SARS-CoV-2 and are looking into the role lipidomics can play in coronavirus research. For the non-scientists amongst us, lipids are a diverse group of small molecules, such as triglycerides, cholesterol, or fatty acids, amongst others. In our conversation, we talk about how exactly their companies are involved in finding solutions for COVID-19. We talk about the impact of the whole situation on their companies, such as for Spindiac, it meant completely shifting their product from rapid testing for multi-drug resistant bacteria to testing for coronaviruses. And we talk about how they both perceive the gold rush in their field at the current moment. Two great guests and a very significant topic. Enjoy the conversation. Today's guests are two German Accelerator Life Sciences alumni, and I would say a warm welcome to Daniel Hi. and Oliver. Hello. Let's start right away with an introduction of yourselves and your companies. I would say let's start with you, Daniel. Sure. I'm Daniel. I'm a co-founder and a CEO of our startup Spindiac. Um, it has been... Uh, founded as a spin-off of a research institute in 2016 and we set out with the mission to detect um, pathogens bacteria and viruses in a very easy to use system um, so that we could prevent infections in hospitals great and how about you oliver uh, i'm oliver hello um, i'm a responsible for business operations at lipotype um, and uh, lipotype is a lipidomics company. So we do lipidomics. Uh, we focus on lipids and uh, it's basically a specialized service provider. Um, and uh, we are also a spin-off from an institute, from a Max Planck Institute. Uh, we are in the market since uh, five years now and uh, serving customers uh, all over the world uh, with a focus on Europe, US and also Asia. What I would say makes this interview so relevant in these current types, times is that both of your companies are involved in tackling COVID-19 and a situation where I think especially life sciences companies can support in, in finding solutions. Let's look at what your companies are doing in that area. Um, 
Also again, Daniel, Spindayek has been recently re receiving 6 million euros to develop a rapid test for the coronavirus. Could you tell us more about that, this project? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm very grateful to our state bank, Württemberg, that they funded our research and development in this uh, crisis. Um, I think what we brought to the table is a solution or potential solution to detect uh, the, the coronavirus in um, suspected infected patients very rapidly. Um, as I said in the beginning, we set out to deliver a system that can detect um, patients that have uh, dangerous bacteria viruses very rapidly. Um, that was recognized by our government and they said, okay, now uh, guys go ahead and develop a test that can detect um, the coronavirus very rapidly so we can use that in hospitals or also in, um, in care facilities to prevent additional infections by just identifying patients very early, very rapidly that might have the coronavirus and then we can um, implement quarantine, quarantine measures to prevent the spread of the virus um, in our, yeah, in our healthcare system. How about at Lipotype? What is your involvement in tackling COVID-19? Um, so, so far, um, there has been a little information on uh, lipidomics and the coronavirus in general. Um, so COVID-19, there was, were also other uh, coronavirus outbreaks in the past. Um, but in general, there's little known about how lipidomics is kind of, uh, uh, lipid, how lipids are changing. But what, what is known is that um, there is an influence on the lipid metabolism of this virus. So um, that's why um, there is a um, kind of research uh, need um, to, to, uh, to uh, give more light in this, in this field. And uh, based on this, there are a lot of uh, possible applications in the field of uh, drug development, but also in the field of diagnostics on looking on um, uh, on, on uh, basically on impacts of uh, patients who were uh, uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, long-term effects and everything. So there's a lot of uh, applications for research and uh, we are uh, seeing uh, the, the need also to do uh, research in the field and we are able to analyze uh, these kind of samples, uh, COVID-19 samples, um, and uh, we are involved also in research projects in this field. And how far would you see the role of startups as also a driving force in, in finding solutions to tackle this topic? Or would you say, okay, there's enough big players out there? Anyone would like to start, Oliver, maybe? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, I would see that startups, they have typical advantages. Um, that's not only in this crisis. Um, typical advantages like fast decision making they can there's a dynamic uh, uh, kind of team behind it which can uh, act like from uh, one day to another to switch to a certain topic and then put 100% even 150% on on working on a topic and this certainly uh, this uh, uh, flexibility also is a, a huge advantage for startups uh, so this and this also gives advantages uh, for startups in this uh, crisis over like the big incumbents, big pharma, who um, uh, which which then basically um, need to uh, decide and then act on this, and this may take longer than startups uh, typically work in. How is it at Spindayak? In how far are you maybe collaborating also with other larger stakeholders as a startup? Um, yeah, good question. I mean. First of all, uh, the, the, the government was a, um, obviously a big factor in us being able to pursue this uh, uh, corona test uh, development. 
but also um, we do a lot of, of outsourcing. Um, so our system consists of several uh, key components, uh, biochemistry, uh, an instrument, uh, plastic disposable. And for all of these components, we are working with uh, um, also small and medium-sized enterprises, but also uh, big companies to produce uh, these components and deliver them to us. So it's really a, a complex integrated system with a lot of different suppliers. Um, and of course, we are relying on very experienced um, uh, uh, partners in terms of mass manufacturing tests and instrument. Um, so there's a, there's, there's a lot of collaboration going on in this, in the end, fairly integrated, but also complex product. And we are, we are relying heavily on, on, on our partners. But also maybe a comment to what uh, Oliver said. I, I totally agree. It's it's, it's um, for us for our startups very good and easy to do fast decisions and, and fast switches. But I think another important factor is also that um, startups are at the forefront of innovation. There are a lot of great ideas being pursued there, and and a lot of these, as we can see now with LiPo type of spin deck, can be used to uh, to tackle uh, challenges to society as the current Corona crisis. How is it amongst the startups? So let's say the life science startup ecosystem, what kind of spirit are you observing? Is it more the let's solve this together or as there might be less resources, even fighting fiercely for them? How would you describe the startup scene in your areas right now, Oliver? So from my perspective, it's a, a, a clear let's solve this together uh, view so um, for example personally um, I uh, have been involved in the regional uh, biotech scene um, the clusters called biosexy um, and there for example they started just having a webinar sharing resources sharing experiences at the first days of corona um, uh, crisis uh, what are the do do's what are the don'ts and and there was a clear uh, solidarity um, amongst companies and that um, that's that's why my answer would be clearly let's solve this together yeah I, i totally agree with oliver i think this is i mean most most of the people in the scene i know agree that this is just not a, a situation to be solved by any company being a, be it a startup or be it a major player like like uh, roche or, or or siemens it's just uh, too big of a problem and also too big of a market to be addressed by any one company and it's it just takes everybody to uh, to move forward and provide solutions for the for the current uh, situation Where would you see, um, you mentioned it's a, it's a huge topic to be solved and there needs to be collaboration. Where else, from your startup point of view, would you wish for more collaboration or global efforts to develop solutions? Um, I would say it's, it's, it's a bit difficult to say. It seems, at least in the diagnostics industry, it seems a bit like um, there is a trend to uh, in countries so that that everyone is 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 fighting for themselves being uh, be it uh, in in medical supplies such as masks or um or medical equipment but also diagnostic tests seem to be mainly distributed in the uh, area of the um of the, where the company is located um i think it's a bit of a natural tendency it's probably difficult to um to organize a more global uh, um, uh, distribution of resources I, I think it would be better for everybody, but but in the end, I think it's it's difficult for for just um, at least in the current political landscape for the international community to uh, to to work together rather than just everyone uh, just looking at their country first. It's it's a bit um, 
it's it's not ideal at the moment, but uh, I think it's understandable that, that countries or governments that were elected by the people first look after their people and then uh, consider other, other other countries as well. I mean, I would hope um, that um, there would be um, uh, like this this uh, efforts on a, on a global level. I mean, we have this um, uh, supranational institutions like uh, WHO and others. So I would I would hope that. Um, uh, like during the crisis, they get a more active role, um, um, and and but I also understand that it's quite tough for them because they are at uh, uh, like there are attacks from governments. Um, so, but still, I I would hope that they take a more active role um, in the in the crisis. Yeah. Coming from this big view on, on the situation back to your companies and your startups, I would be interested in how far. Was there a strategic impact of now Corona changing also the way you work or the, the projects um, you're working on? So both the, the how and the what of what you're uh, working on. Um, in how far was it part of your normal business activity to already look at coronaviruses? Or in how far really has this there been a big impact on the ways and the how of how you work? Uh, Daniel, in your case, Bindayak. Yeah, it's 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 amazingly it's both to the extreme. It it both uh, um, sort of uh, yeah um, fortified what we were doing already. It it was um, um, is basically a question of how do you detect um, this pathogen very rapidly. That that has been what we have been working in the past. But it was a different target. We moved from drug-resistant bacteria to um, this coronavirus, and it was a complete um, it was a complete uh, reorientation. We put everyone on this project, especially after we got the government grant. Um, so it was a, a game changer for what we are doing and also for how we are doing it, because it's much more difficult than before. We have these um, these contact prevention rules, so we are working with uh, masks. People like me who can work from home office are working from home. That is a, a sort of a difficulty in communication. Um, so we were lucky enough that it was basically 100% fit to our mission uh, to develop this product. Um, it was still a major change in the way and pace we are doing things. Uh, but overall, um, I'm, I'm quite excited that we are able to contribute with um, a solution that we always thought was very important to be able to prevent these infections by early uh, detection of of um, of of not bacteria but uh, of pathogens of bacteria and viruses. How about at Lipotype? So in terms of um, uh, organizational changes, I would say it is a catalyst in a in a in an ongoing process of um, getting like more uh, to home office, uh, uh, getting more to kind of digital. Uh, collaboration and everything. So uh, there was a process already ongoing, and uh, it didn't take much in a way to to pe allow people and, uh, and 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 get people to uh, working from home. Um, so this this was a kind of um, yeah catalyst uh, in terms of um, working with, with with customers. So we already had an emphasis on digital marketing activities, um, and uh, so this again is is also a kind of catalyst in this sense to. Put even more focus on this um, in terms of um, 
uh, customers. So what we see is that, um, of course, if labs are closed, then um, this has an impact on on uh, existing customers. But, but what we also see uh, this um, uh, is um, giving kind of new business opportunities because um, a customer might have used internal labs for doing the analysis and they are now, now closed. So that's why they're look, looking for external service providers. And that's where we can come into the game. Um, so there is new business opportunities out there, um, and so that's always a, a, it is a, a having has an impact, but also has uh, opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine that having a life sciences background, I assume you have a let's say a better understanding of the overall situation. And how far would you still say that um, the situation has affected you also as person, as people working in startups? I would say yeah, clearly. I mean, um, it is um, when you talk to people, um, it it is a situation which, um, when I spoke to people, I never heard uh, I experienced a similar situation before. Um, what I see is uh, like that's a kind of a personal um, observation. Is when I look at, on my team, I see that that um, the societal impact uh, which was always there is a kind of missing so there is a, a buffer so give an example um if you have like for example um in your team uh, uh, employee uh, who is a single and you compare this employee uh, with another employee who has a family with two kids for example two and five year old there is a, a huge difference in uh, how they uh, organize and how they, they do their work currently and what you see is that um, the society is kind of buffer is a is a is is bringing things together and this is currently missing so that's uh, it has a per, certainly a personal impact and um, I mean for for businesses uh, for econ economy on a global scale uh, no question about uh, that's uh, it is a, a huge impact how about you Daniel also with a life science background now seeing this taking place um how has it affected you as a person mm. it was um surprisingly it, it it did surprise me quite a lot how the um corona crisis um affected both me as a person and society as a whole when, when there were the first reports from china and from who i i under, and i totally underestimated uh, what it would look like, to, like today um in the beginning, I was uh, against um, changing course of our startup to detect uh, the coronavirus because um, I thought it was uh, just a very temporary um, uh, effect and that we would have, uh, we, we had customers basically uh, waiting for our other product for bacteria and I said, okay, we, we have to serve them first. But then uh, w when I made the decision and then when I had the feeling that this is out of control, we um, just um, took the only course uh, that was reasonable and we completely uh, turned it around and, and focused 100% on providing a solution for coronavirus. Um, and I see it basically um, on my own person. I was, I'm, I'm not the, the home office type, to be honest. Um, you, can, uh, you can't see, but, but uh, Catherine can see it in my background. I'm not prepared for home office really, so I improvised. Um, it was uh, necessary to um, allow the contact prevention uh, in the office to uh, to take place, have a, a sufficient space between people. Um, but uh, the the way it affects um, me, the the people around me, especially also my colleagues with children, is is uh, quite significant. Um, and I think the course uh, we took in Germany and other countries to really um, take it seriously and put contact prevention in place 
uh, prevented a disaster in, 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 in our country and other countries. So I'm quite glad that it was taken uh, very serious by our government. And I think the, um, the very harsh um, uh, um, measures were quite successful. You can see that in infection rates in Germany compared to other countries like the U.S., so I think it has a big, big impact on, on everybody and also asks a lot from everybody. But I think uh, now I think it's, it's necessary and it's good that it was uh, taken as serious as it was, um, both from our government and in the end also by my company and my coworkers. It's uh, interesting to hear that even you with your background <laughs> at the beginning, um, we're, we're maybe not seeing the whole impact of it. Yeah. In how far would you say now... Um, also your let's look at the operational side of your startups you already mentioned daniel of whoever can work from home is working from home and also oliver you mentioned that many things were advancing and now have been through the corona crisis a kind of catalyst even pushed further in the development of, of operations um where would you say was the biggest impact of the crisis on your business so far um, I would say um, if I'm looking on how will the sales and, and, and marketing activities in the in the future um, uh, how will it look like? Um, I'm I'm quite confident that um, the crisis will lead to a more uh, virtual um, kind of setting. Uh, meaning, my question. Um, so I can't give you an answer to this, but I, I, I give a question um, that um, the uh, the sales activities, trade fair conferences, and these kind of things—they the importance will decrease. Um, um, they will stay, but it will decrease. Um, there will be other formats, um, and the the importance of um, digital marketing, digital um, activities, which is already kind of on a high level, will increase further. Yeah, for for us at um, Spindayek, it was um, it had quite a profound impact. Um, before the crisis, um, the control of infections was mainly a topic for for specialists like hygiene hygiene experts in clinics and hospitals. Um, but now it's it's on everybody's mind, and um, we noticed that also um, in when we when we are talking to hospitals, um, the awareness of a necessity to prevent infections not only with the coronavirus but also with drug resistant bacteria has uh, yeah has progressed quite a bit and i think that might also be something that uh, will be staying after the crisis i think just the awareness of um, what a pathogen what bacteria and viruses can do in our healthcare system has increased quite dramatically um, um, even beyond the coronavirus um, and i think for for diagnostic companies I, I, I think I imagine that will be um, a big factor because diagnostics always had a bit of a hard time when it was compared to therapeutics because it has an indirect use. You use diagnostics to uh, decide on a treatment. It's not a treatment itself, but um, it's nonetheless, it's a very important part of the uh, medical pathway of a patient. And I think that became uh, quite a bit clearer um, when, we are, when we are considering the current crisis. You mentioned, Daniel, the, the hospitals. I would guess they are also part of your uh, customer group. My question with regards to um, customer behaviors that you might have seen also change in recent times, has there been any decrease, increase, um, or difference of, of demand that you see maybe also across customers across different countries? Mm. 
So we are actually still pre-revenue. So we were in, in pre-sales for our products. Um, we noticed that a, a, a whole segment uh, was quite um, very interested in, in our product. That is um, um, hospitals, of course, but also nursing homes, like uh, where you care for elderly people. Um, I think they are taking the brunt of the uh, impact of the current crisis because they are caring for the for the risk group of the elderly. Um, and uh, there has been quite a big amount of, of, of demand, quite a big demand for our system, for our corona tests from um, nursing homes. Um, and of course, sort of also an increased uh, interest of hospitals. Um, and um, also from, from across Europe, um, that, that, that has been quite, quite noticeable, not noticeable for Spindag, yes. How about Oliver at Lipotype? I mean, it's um, there. There are. Uh, I can't generalize it because we are not um, offering a diagnostic test for for COVID nineteen. So it is uh, more like the the, the indirect um, impact. In, in for example, in terms of research projects, we are involved in. Or if you take like um, the long term effect of of, of the disease. Um, so that's why it is. This and this hasn't been before um, any research or much research in this field. So that's a new kind of uh, thing. Um, and as I mentioned, um, the, the uh, closing of labs, it is brought up new customers. Uh, but of course, like delays of um, um, uh, to, to send samples, for example, because of closed labs, this has an impact. So um, for us, it, it is um, a situation where I would say uh, kind of balance a um, little bit um, uh, like uh, more customers from this field, but also delays in other fields. So it is not a, a clear, um, yeah, uh, clear yes or no. Yeah. Well, coming maybe from customers towards investors or other stakeholders, in how far has this been on your agenda to work with investors to, let's say, recession-proof your companies? Um, yeah, on, on our end, um, I would say we have been working with um, our existing and new investors, not so much um, on recession proving, but on uh, preparing uh, <laughs> for a big growth. Yes, on, uh, on growth <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, our our, our um, shareholders were quite um, supportive and put a lot of, of energy and effort in uh, allowing us to uh, go beyond the, the funding of our government and really make an impact by being able to deliver a significant amount of systems and tests once it's approved. Um, so for us, it's it's more more working overtime than uh, than than holidays. Um, yeah, it has been a boost for Spindirect, to be honest. Uh, the current crisis. And Lipotype, are you more on the recession-proof side or also on the boost and so much work on our table side? Yeah, so, so, uh, we are in 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 a, in a growth phase, and uh, um, uh, we um, so uh, we expected to use now time for strategic projects. Well, what I can say from um, my my colleagues who uh, uh, report to me on a regular basis, there isn't much time for uh, doing strategic projects. So, um, there is still a lot of uh, customer activity, uh, marketing activity, uh, business operations activity, and so that's why. Um, um, it's it's uh, the growth phase continues, um, uh, which we are in, and 
um, in addition, we do also strategic projects, but it's, um, uh, and, and I mean, in terms of planning, scenario planning, we have done it before. Of course, we have now also implemented financial stress testing, everything to see what is the impact, different uh, scenarios we uh, plan through, uh, looking on liquidity, looking on the effects on the uh, revenue side and everything. Of course, that's something what you do, and that's what we have done. And um, in a way, in this sense, um, as we are, uh, Oregon, and, uh, and business uh, uh, on the market since five years. There was, of course, we are in a still young phase, of course, but uh, still there is all certain um, market history and certain experience. And uh, this was certainly helpful for us to prepare uh, for this crisis, uh, we are, which we are in the middle in. And uh, what is certainly helpful for us is that um, we, um, we have a quite, so lipids, which we are focused on, they play a role in many different fields, many different applications from uh, food, from cosmetics, from biotech, pharma. Um, they are in basic research relevant. So that's why we have a quite heterogeneous uh, customer group. And we are also geographically, geographically uh, diversified. Um, so that's why it's it's not that if there's one customer less, then that's a problem. So that's why it is a good uh, kind of good, uh, robust uh, model also, which is behind the company. Has the situation, though, changed maybe some of your plans regarding international expansion? No, no I wouldn't say changed. Um, they, um, there might be delays. Uh, uh, there might be delays, but for, for example, what we see is, um, for example, if there's a delay because of the uh, huge impact in the US currently, there might be other markets like, for example, in Asia, which uh, recovered very quickly. And uh, then we see uh, um, increased needs and increased interest in these markets. So um, that's why there isn't any changes in terms of our international growth. And what about for Spindiac? Where is your main focus on right now, Daniel? Mm. Um, yeah, so currently we are we are um, focusing on sort of pre-sales uh, that is um, more in the vicinity, geographically close, because it makes our um, logistics easier. Um, we will definitely we will definitely also target um, the US this year, uh, but not not as a first uh, first uh, first customer base. Um, because it's just uh, just such a huge and attractive market, uh, but of course we we also have the mission to uh, first um, be uh, also to not forget our our own country and our own the funding by our own government, um, and it also makes um, a lot of sense just logistically to um, to roll out the system first uh, to customers where we have a close uh, close vicinity. Um, but as I said, expansion to the US is, is definitely on our agenda. Let's move to a topic that has already been talked about a little bit, which is the working from home topic. I know we are all having this conversation from our homes right now. And I know that, for example, Oliver shared with me at Lipotype, you have specific check-in meetings. I'd be curious in, in your companies um, to look a bit at this side of how do we work together and stay in touch um, as a well, a booming company right now, it's still um, how to have a good collaboration amongst each other. Oliver, do you want to share what is it that you do regularly with your team? Yeah, sure. Um, happy to do. Um, so we have, a, as you already mentioned, like a check-in meeting every morning um, in, the, in the business team, um, marketing, sales, uh, administrations, um, business development. And uh, there it's a, Let's say 
we, it, it's, it is not about micromanagement. It's about sharing the, the, the activities for the day and where you need any input from colleagues, uh, any experiences you have, but also um, talking about like private stuff you did during the weekend because this is completely missing. There is no uh, just knocking on the door and uh, chatting. No that's, coffee uh, machine. No coffee machine, exactly. So that's that's a kind of a, a meeting with different objectives. And this we have um, every day, every morning. And then we have a regular uh, team meeting for the whole team where we give updates. And But this is, for example, also in a... So every, basically, everybody is in the same situation. And uh, uh, so, for example, in my situation, it is like this, that my colleagues are laughing because uh, it is uh, Wednesdays at um, half past 12, uh, so it's noon. So I'm at the moment uh, uh, home. My wife is working in the office, so I, I have to take care of the kids. So I'm cooking. Um, my, it's a good entertainment for the for my daughter, uh, two years old. Um, and and um, so that's, that's also... Uh, integrating uh, like home office yeah. in, in, into family life and then we have um for example for me at the moment in the afternoons and especially also evenings uh, calls um uh, with colleagues uh, with customers and uh, doing the regular kind of work um so that's um that's the situation and then we have for example if a colleague um there's a, a private event like birthday or anything like this we have um special um yeah uh, special meetings for this kind of uh, thing so we try to um to cover like from business to uh, private to social to all the different things um, the the means are limited very much limited to uh, video conferencing um but we at least try to do it like this how about you daniel as ceo of spindahek how do you guide your team through this time of uncertainty uh, and lots of workload mm. Quite similar tools as, as Oliver mentioned, uh, actually, we are having a management meeting every morning and a team meeting um, around noon every day. Um, so what, what I'm really missing is these informal coffee machine talks, a lot of information. Um, I think it's, it's uh, from my perspective, it's, uh, it takes a lot more time than before to um, ensure that everyone's is, is on the same page that that no information is missing and and that's a lot of my time um, so I'm, i'm having regular calls with with all of my uh, managers and um, these daily meetings with the whole team um and uh, it it's there are still a lot of uh, uh, comments that we are uh, uh, sort of not uh, not having all the information or not sharing all the information we actually moved um in part back to to face to face meetings at least once per week uh, with uh, 1.5 meters distant and face masks <laughs> but uh, being in the same room and working on the same whiteboard is is something that uh, for me has been quite hard to to uh, copy in terms of uh, virtual meetings um so we are now, we are now trying a mix between um uh, real face to face meetings uh, with with uh, safety measures and virtual meetings um But also for my family, it has been quite an experiment, uh, experience to have uh, me uh, working at home in home office. So I also have a two and a half year old daughter, and it was uh, um, at first it was difficult for her that uh, that uh, daddy's basically home, but he can't be. Uh, he's he's not he's not uh, there for 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 playing or anything. But she learned quite quickly, and and now she uh, she says okay. Uh, Daddy's going to work when I go to in this room, and she uh, she she plays uh, with with uh, with mommy in the in the kitchen or in other rooms. Um, so um, I think it it settled in quite nicely. Um, but keeping everyone up to speed uh, requires a lot of effort in in virtual teams. Um, and uh, yeah, I think 
sort of face-to-face -face meeting, at least in a, uh, a technology-heavy company like Spindiac is where we have a lot of different um, departments, um, different technological questions um, uh, that require some extra effort. Yeah, it's great that now you can have this combination again of meeting live with the security measures and having yeah. the virtual collaboration with everyone. Yeah. Looking towards um, kind of the last topic of our conversation today, I'd like to look into the future with you guys. So in some industry sectors, um, this, this pandemic has created what looks like a gold rush for some kind of companies. Um, and also, I would say, in society, like um, at least in Germany, that people know the names of virologists who before <laughs> were not so common as a profession, I would say, as a non-life science person. So um, there have been many companies uh, developing digital screening, tracking tools. There's small, there's large biotech companies working on diagnostics, treatments, vaccines. There's a lot going on. How do you see that um, this image of, of the industry or how do you think it will change the image of the industry in the public perception due to the situation right now, Daniel? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, could, could describe the, the current situation or maybe in retrospect, it will be some, some kind of trauma because it, it, is a, it is a traumatic experience for, for, for society. And I think it increased or is increasing the awareness for um, these uh, healthcare slash biotech um, solutions and their impact on, on um, society and, and public health. Uh, so I think it will be, it will be a lasting effect um, at least at what's, what, what I can imagine. Um, and also I think some, um, it will be difficult because there will be a time uh, there, there's this gold rush currently, but there will also be a back to normal. Um, nobody knows exactly when. So there will be over capacities. There will be um, players again, leaving the market. There will be a consolidation. Um, and I think it's, it's important to um, also take that into account in the current business plan. Um, and we are confident that we are one of the, uh, if not the best solution out there for, um, for rapidly di diagnosing um, SARS-CoV-2 infections or coronavirus infections. Um, but it's, uh, it's a temporary state that we are in. Um, I think it will have a lasting effect, but there will be some kind of back to normal at some point. And it's important to prepare for that also as a company that is, is sort of in a gold rush mode right now. How do you see the situation, Oliver? I mean, for the biotech uh, 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 sector, I, I see a, a huge potential because um, the uh, most likely the solution from diagnostics treatment uh, perspective will come from this industry. Um, so that's uh, a huge potential and it will, uh, is already in the focus and will come even more into focus. And there's also a challenge. The challenge is that um, um, how R&D, how research and development is done, how product development is done, there's of course now a, a responsibility. Uh, and the responsibility is that at the end, uh, people are trusting that what is developed is at the end working and uh, is uh, valid, is uh, safe. And, and this, this of course is, is, is the responsibility of the industry. Anything else that you want to share of like where you would see outlooks? Because otherwise I would move to our last question. I mean, for Germany, as you mentioned, um, what is the, 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 
the possibility for for, the, for, for Germany, uh, I would say, uh, um, and this applies for many other countries, but also especially Germany is uh, the digital uh, the digital world is <laughs> is introduced into German life. Uh, so this I see as a as a big uh, possibility um, um, where uh, yeah the the life uh, will have an impact um, and. That's uh, beyond uh, any truck and, and diagnostics. It's uh, simply being more, um, using more technology in, in, in daily life. Yeah. Right. And a change of, let's say, also business behavior when it comes to big trade shows or things like that, that there won't be any of that probably for quite a long time. Yes. Looking at the future, and um, now we're talking, it is May 2020. Imagine we would be talking in one year from now, May 2021. Where do you see yourself and your company in, say, 12 to 18 months from now? Oliver. So um, as I mentioned, like we, uh, before the crisis, we, we were in the growth phase and the growth phase continues. And I, I hope that um, uh, my, my wishes and uh, that we, this, this continues also afterwards, that we uh, are able to uh, uh, do the steps, the, reach the milestones as planned. And, and uh, of course, we have to be dynamic, flexible, but uh, to continue on, on the growth phase and, uh, and enable our customers, uh, researchers in academia and industry to utilize lipidomics and to pri provide them the services for uh, for, the, for them. Um, so that's that's the, the vision and the plan for the next uh, one year, two years. Yeah, I think from what I read from 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 experts and, and opinions about the crisis in 12 to 18 months, we should be Sort of, we, we should be seeing uh, at least the the um, the light at the end of the tunnel in the crisis. We will probably have learned to live with the coronavirus. Um, there will be new processes, new tools, um, possibly a vaccine available. So it will uh, be part of our new reality. Um, from the time, from the perspective of Spindeck, I hope that we will have made a um, at least noticeable contribu contribution to this new normal in uh, providing a tool that allows uh, earlier detection of um, infections of the coronavirus and thus a um, greatly reduced spread of the virus and slower spread um, prevented uh, um, or basically controlled infections. Um, so I think it will be um, a, 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 a new um, kind of uh, handling of the virus uh, pro probably um, possibly also in a in the end phase of the current crisis um, and uh, I think it will be something that uh, both um, Spindeck uh, will have learned a great deal about but also the healthcare system will have learned a great deal about uh, how to uh, prepare for a potential next crisis for the next uh, mutated virus and um, I think next time, uh, the, the lessons that we learned this time will be quite valuable in, in not allowing um, a virus to have such a big impact on, on basically society as a whole. Thank you very much to both of you for taking the time and taking us as listeners on this journey into um, yeah, your, your companies and the very important topic that you're working on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Ola. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for plugging in to the sounds of founders, innovators, and change makers. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Startup Stereo, powered by German Accelerator. We would love to hear your feedback to improve the experience for you over the next episodes, and we hope you're as excited as we are for more. If you want to find out more about German Accelerator, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and check out our website, germanaccelerator.com.